and Jeff. RT Podcast theme song. Go with the theme song. What? We should get... Uh, I think yours is the best so far, Joe. Thank you. I think so, Thank too. You. We should try to get Ouroboros. Was that, I don't know how you actually say his name, but he's the dude who did the uh, reconstruction mix. The deconstruction? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. deconstruction. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, we should definitely get him to uh, take sound bites of stupid shit we say and come up with an actual theme for our podcast. He might be overwhelmed <laughs> with stupid sound bites. Uh, you're, yeah, you're probably right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 45th annual Rooster Teeth podcast. <laughs> well, so the number got lower this week. This is Bernie Burns. <laughs> no, this is annual. It's annual, though. This is yeah, 45 yeah. years of podcasting experience. You know, we've learned a lot over the years in our career in podcasting journalism. You know, Paul Harvey taught me a lot about podcasting early on. It really guided me to <laughs> yeah. where I am today. The obscure references start right away. <laughs> you must have been heartbroken by his death then. <laughs> oh, not as heartbroken about the death of his wife. Okay, this, this is morbid. Okay, let's, let's change this. Did his wife well, die too? Yeah. How do you? Geez, They're Lord. old, dude. <laughs> what happens? You know who else his wife is dead? Genghis Khan. Hey, uh, <laughs> I don't think he's ever married. Yeah, to a lot of women. Uh, Paul Harvey, speaking of Paul Harvey, who did... The best impression of Paul Harvey, I'm going to narrow it down for you, make it easier, on Saturday Night Live. He would also be the only dude who did the <laughs> impression. I'm going to guess Phil Hartman. On Saturday Night Live. You would be incorrect. You get one guess, Gus. I'm going to guess Phil Hartman? You are I incorrect. Just... <laughs> <laughs> it is Rich Hall. from oh, like, fucking talking about I, obscure. I, I, yeah, that's even more obscure than Paul Harvey. No, Rich Hall, also famous for being what guy? The guy no one remembers. He was the Sniglets guy. He was the guy who wrote all those Sniglets books where they would, he would come up with words for stuff that we didn't have words for. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Was that him? And those were called Sniglets. That was Rich Hall. Wow. And how, how bad is it that he stopped making those books before the internet came around? Yeah. Because we actually needed that once the internet came <laughs> around. Yeah. But I actually – um, it was like a week and a half ago they had – we started off on a tangent. That is awesome, by the way. Like straight to a tangent. <laughs> yeah. uh, the, other, the other week they had on Saturday Night Live, they had a whole episode of just their shorts. Did you guys see that? No, no, no I, I didn't see that. So it was obviously – it was hosted by Andy Samberg, um, who's like the best thing that ever happened to Saturday Night Live. And it was all just the little short films they've done over the years, like going all the way back to like the John Belushi Little Chocolate Donuts one mm-hmm. where he's the Olympian. And uh, they had my favorite short of all time, which was Rich Hall uh, is a dude who's uh, like sweeping up in a store and his boss is yelling at him. And he discovers that the mat that they put in front of the door that opens the door, now we have electric eyes. But back then they had those black mats on the floor and you'd step on it. Yeah. And the doors to the grocery store would open. Um, he moves it over by a cigarette machine to sweep under it. And then a lady slams into the door. And then he walks over and goes to pick it up. But he steps on it and it opens up the cigarette machine, the vending machine that's in front of. So he discovers he can use this mat to open anything. <laughs> and so he cuts the mat into the shape of his shoes and glues it to the bottom of the soles of his shoes. And he's like, just walks around opening anything that he wants to. That's pretty it, funny. That's pretty funny. It really is, man. It's a great. It's probably my favorite thing I've ever saw seen on uh, uh, Saturday Night Live, and it's a really obscure thing. And I was really, I was really happy to see it when it came on. It, it sounds almost as good as Dick in a Box. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what shall we talk about today? Let's talk about some video game stuff. I feel like I should issue an, a formal apology to Fallout Three. Oh, let's talk about that first. Talk about video game stuff. Yeah, last week I spent a lot of time making fun of Fallout Three for being boring and slow, and Turns out I was completely wrong. Uh, it's a good game, and yeah, it, I love the, it. What's What's really bizarre about that is you did a 180 immediately after we finished recording the podcast. Like it was as soon as we finished recording the podcast, we put the game in, and uh, you, you realized you, you had to yeah, aim. I, I, sh- I showed you how to shoot. <laughs> well, I knew about the va- I knew about the targeting system, but I didn't know you could stack stuff up. And so it was really aggravating me that I had, that I had a cutscene for every shot. And so it, for those people who played Fallout Three, Bernie was entering vats. Shooting once, then executing his action instead of queuing up multiple 
shots. Exactly right. I thought like you you know bring it up one sniper shot, then you're out, and you had to watch a cutscene every single time. And you know this is a problem we've actually had here before because if you don't know something very fundamental about the game, but necessarily isn't intuitive, then it can really ruin the experience for you. Like Jeff played all of Crackdown without even knowing that you could lock on to people. I don't know how the fuck you did that. I, was, I, was, I got really, really good at aiming. You gotta be really fucking determined. Yeah. You, you gotta really want to finish a game. I did, or play a game to it, play it like that. That would be the equivalent of, like, getting all the way through a normal FPS, like Halo or Doom or something like that. You get to the last level, you see someone else playing the game, and you go, what? You can change weapons? <laughs> I mean, it was basically like that moment, like... It's true. In, in Crackdown, you're jumping and flying all over the place, and you have to be, you have to be able to lock on to people. And it's just pulling the left trigger. I don't know how you didn't yeah. discover it by I, accident. You know, I play because I, I we have small kids, and so I was one night when I was playing Crackdown, I was playing it on mute probably because I don't want to be too loud. And like when you're playing on mute, you don't pay attention to the shit that they're instructing you with. And so I just missed that lesson. I yeah. got a thousand points in that game without locking on. Luckily, it helped out a lot in the DLC. That was really weird because for some reason, I guess with the advent of the 360 and the headset, when you said you were playing it on mute. I had a vision that you were playing it without talking. Like, <laughs> mute, mute applies to the TV and it applies to your mic, which is kind of strange now. Yeah, They need true. another word for the television not saying anything. Yes. <laughs> where's the thing? Where's the sky? <laughs> we got to bring all... it back. <laughs> all right, Gus, so uh, am I forgiven for making fun of Fallout 3? No, no, totally. I, I knew you would come around. Gus and I, 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 had, a, Gus and I had a I, little I side would... bet, actually. Yeah, I thought it would take a lot longer. I had actually I had actually put that game like back in the Gamefly, shoomp, and... Go on to send it off, and yeah, you brought it out to show Jeff. Yeah, and then which when you were playing here showing Jeff, I was like, why aren't you shooting more than once? <laughs> why are you shooting once? But that system does get kind of old after a while. It really does. Like yeah. now, I'm to the point with my character where I will just run through stuff and not even bring it up. Like I'll just pull my shotgun out and just blaze through people. Yeah, definitely. Especially like those zombies and ghouls and stuff like that. But it's a really fun game. Probably the longest game I've played on the 360. It might be one of my favorites now yeah. on the 360. It's a really good game. It really is a good game. Have you gotten into any of the DLC yet? Uh, I had to load the DLC because I hit my cap. I'm super anal, too, which is why achievements appeal to me. Like, I have to get... You can pick skills, and I had to pick lockpicking because I can't stand getting a closed door. I can't stand, like, that I missed something behind a door that I couldn't get through. Then you Mm -hmm. have to remember where it was and try to backtrack down the road. Right. Yeah. And that can be a horrible thing or a horrible way to approach an RPG game because you can just spend all your time literally opening every... Box, every yeah. locker, every desk, every drawer, and there's a lot of them in that. Yeah, so definitely. the bottom line is I have like 10 billion caps, which are the mon- money system <laughs> in that, and uh, I'm, I hit level 20, which is the max level, probably halfway through the game. So I had to get the DLC to remove that cap and let me go to 30. I wonder, Gus, do you know if they're going to raise the cap again with the two additional DLCs that they announced? Um, I don't know. They really haven't announced much, de- many details about the, uh, the new DLC, so I, I don't know. And can you really have any faith in what they announce for their <laughs> what, the, what their DLC is going no, you, to do? You have faith in the in what the DLC is going to do. You just don't have faith that it's going to work the day it comes out. See, the Sniglets guy come up with like, what's the DLC for DLC <laughs> that fixes it? It's like DDLC, <laughs> DDLCPs. I would go DLCP. <laughs> the DLC patch. The thing that the thing that impressed me most about Fallout because I've never played it, but I've watched you play it a lot, and I've watched Bernie go through the process as well of learning how to like it. And um, it seems like the biggest map in the world, which I thought was Just Cause. Like I was blown away by how big the the map in Just Cause was, and then Fallout Three was like seemed to dwarf that. I read this morning that the fucking map for Fuel, which comes out next week, what is just Fuel? Got, Fuel is a racing game, like an open world racing game, like okay. off road shit. It comes out on the 360, I think, next Tuesday. But it just got certified by the Guinness Book of World Records for having the largest playable map 
in history of any video game. Thank apparently, you, Guinness. Apparently, it dwarfs like Grand Theft Auto. How do they measure what? that? I they they had like how many playable meters were in the game? Playable meters <laughs> yeah, based on the like, scale of the game, though. Yeah, um, obli- arbitrary. Oblivion's map is supposed to be two or three times the size of Fallout 3's. Really? Mm-hmm. God damn. Really? Fallout yeah. 3's tiny. Forget then. about it. The um, well, I would say WoW is probably the biggest environment I've encountered. I don't know. Maybe it feels bigger. And they keep adding to it, too. Maybe, maybe it was a console-specific thing. I don't know. But if you ask me, like, what's the biggest environment like you said Just Cause, I probably would have said Crackdown. Just, like, it felt big. Because it wasn't just a 2D level. It was like you were all over that thing. I guess that's true if you got to consider the topography of the map. And the interiors. Just Cause felt big to me because the entire thing was a jungle. And yeah. so it's just, like, you're just in jungle for days. We're well, getting like. planes to go places. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it's it, it, something you don't consider, too. Like, I'm sure, sure Fuel doesn't have any interior locations no, in a racing not. game. Yep. And that's what's crazy about Crackdown. It's like, I guess maybe it's continuous or, I don't know, we'll see. Yeah. It doesn't matter because I'm sure within like 10 years, there's going to be some company that what they do is they just map the real world for use in video games. Yeah, yeah. The entire world. Like, like you'll have to update when you dig a hole in your yard. You'll have to yeah. notify them. It's kind of I kind of had a weird experience like that when I was I was making videos for Achievement Hunter Wolverine, uh, which I've since wrapped up. But there's a level where you fight in a supermarket, and the, there's a secret achievement to destroy everything in the supermarket. And you're fighting the blob, and while you're fighting him, you're also trying to like destroy all the cantaloupes and shit. And it was like I felt like I was in I got confused. I felt like I was in the Dead Rising supermarket. They looked so much alike. Really? Yeah. And I, there should be some sort of a supermarket standard for all video games. <laughs> sure. Like interior location standards like that. You know, it, it certainly it's like, is that way in the real world when you. Show up in, like, Kansas City, Kansas. Is that in Kansas or is it in Missouri? It's in both. <laughs> yeah, okay. it's in both. Well, when you show up there and you go to, like, the suburban shopping mall, it's the exact same as every sh- suburban, like, outdoor yep. well, shopping place. There's, like, two or three iterations. Right. But they're all essentially the same. You either have, well, it used to be, you either had a Circuit City or a Best Buy. Yeah, the recession a, has made it a little less <laughs> uh, things or a little Bed Bath & Beyond. Yeah. Okay. You have a Bed Bath & Beyond. You have a Home Depot or a Lowe's. A Ross or a TJ Maxx. <laughs> yeah. Bed Bath & Beyond or Linen. You have things, Office actually. Depot or Office Max. You have Circuit City or Best Buy. Best Buy. Yeah, and then you have the macaroni grill. And then regardless, <laughs> you have a GameStop. Absolutely. Monopoly. Yeah. So much to look into that. You know, D- DLC, I was when I downloaded DLC, I was really thinking about it last night. Like, I got Fallout 3 from Gamefly, right? Yeah. And that's not really that great a model. Because Gamefly, if you don't know, it's like Netflix where you can rent it. And the, you can't, just so you don't think this is like a paid advertisement, Gamefly kind of sucks in the sense that you can never get new games. But when you're like me, and you're like three or four months behind, then it's great. Mm-hmm. And you can have these games you want to play. Like, And I, I was actually thinking, when I stopped into GameStop the other day to buy Punch-Out, we'll get to that in a minute, uh, <laughs> I thought, you know what, I'm going to buy a copy of Fallout 3. And I bought a copy of Fallout 3, I thought, I played this game, you know, I should definitely reward the developer. You know, I've spent more than enough time playing this game to justify a $60 purchase of this game, so I bought a copy, right? And then I went to download the DLC last night, and I spent 20 bucks on DLC, and I was thinking, damn, you know what? DLC could really fix that hole that's created for the industry by rental stuff. Yeah. Because you can't rent the DLC no matter what you do. Say I bought $20 worth of DLC. I wonder how much money Bethesda at the end of the day or the publisher makes versus their $60 retail purchase. It's got to be pretty favorable. Otherwise, I don't think Bethesda would have pumped out, net, what is it, five DLCs now for well, that game? Three so far. Two, in the, two coming yeah, two. in the next two months. Well, no, there's, I mean, I think Bethesda is one of those really cool developers, like Valve, you know, or, where and where they just Criterion. Pump, and they support it for a, you know, a long period of time. It helps when you have a super popular game, yeah. right. you know, and you know people are going to want to play it. I mean, we've seen a lot of things that were available on arcade or had some DLC where you could tell, like, 
they were going to do tons of DLC. They put out the first one. They're like, yeah, maybe not. You know, yeah, maybe they got a lot less downloads than they expected. But yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw the next 360 being just like doesn't have a disc disc tray at all. You know, I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it too. I really am. I'm we'll not. Time yeah. Warner's not ready. <laughs> yeah, shit. Time fuck Time Warner. God, that's our local provider for internet here, and they're uh, they're a blast. We love them. <laughs> You know, I like DLC so much, the idea of DLC, that even if I wasn't interested in Fallout because of watching you guys play it, I would probably buy it just because I knew I could have five more, like, adventures down the road. Yeah. You know, it's just, it, it, I'm it, so it's... excited that Grand Theft Auto uh, teased new DLC just because I, I just like that world so much. I'm so excited to get to go back into it. And it's like 10 bucks to get to go back and play it again for another 10, 15 hours, whatever. Yeah. It's, it's really amazing cool... how much, you know, how much more, you know, how much time you can spend playing Fallout 3 and then how much more time gets added on by the, yeah. the DLC. Yeah. It's such a bargain if you look at it, you know? Video games in general. Yeah. How much enjoyment you get out of the 40 or 50 or $60 you pay for something. Well, a DLC, like, having being a lower-priced add-on, it really does fix that problem the consoles had, too, of, like, why is Halo a $60 game on the Xbox and also Blade Witch is, you know? Right. Or Defender Force 2018 or something like that, you know? It's like, how are these games possibly in the same category? You know, and it's just like now DLC fixes that. It's like, well, I can get new Halo maps for twenty dollars, you know, or I can get Dance Fight Go Go, you know, for sixty. <laughs> well, I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna continue to support Halo. Well, one of the things I don't understand is why is Fallout three sixty bucks on the three sixty, but fifty dollars on the PC? Well, I mean, three sixty games are just sixty bucks. I mean, that's how much they cost. Yeah. Why? <laughs> well, I don't know why. A, yeah. Price points set by Microsoft, right? I mean, yeah. I don't know why. Why is you know why is Steam Fortress two? You know, $20 on the PC. It's just, you know, they have a lot more flexibility for what they can do on the PC. I wonder if DLC is going to eventually, and it's got a long way to go, I'm sure, but if it'll eventually kill the trade-in market, too. Because, like, if you're, like, a 19-year-old kid and you have a copy of Grand Theft Auto or Fallout 3 and you trade it in, and then two months later they come out with another 20 hours of gameplay footage, you're kind of fucked. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So I wonder if people are going to start hanging on to their games longer just to see. Hey, hey, look, everybody. Sorry to interrupt you. It's Joel. Hi. (laughs) How are you doing, Joel? Joel's Joel's fighting his computer today. I am. I uh, I'm becoming a fan of Macs, and I don't even own one yet. God, look at this podcast! <laughs> like the Wow Mac podcast. It's like product <sighs> placement. Yeah, it's just it. Sometimes we fight. Uh, sometimes we fight some of our computers here. It's just like they go for a long period of time without being reformatted, and you know you just got to do that every now and then. And and there's just that weird thing that happens with computers where it's almost like a car. They have so much mileage, and then they just start to degrade. Like the hardware, it's like something slows that computer down. It's true, and you won't get away from that on Macs, too. Like, I just had to reformat my Mac this week because my laptop just became slow and unusable. And just, like, for no reason, you know, other than it's two years old. And now it's, like, after I reformat it, it's, like, it's brand new again. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's like when they hit that wall, it really just starts. There's no going back. Yeah, Jeff's yeah. laptop had gotten so slow, he couldn't watch videos on YouTube. Yeah, like, <laughs> I couldn't watch. I could watch our videos on our site. Like, when I had to proof stuff, it was a huge pain in the ass. That's it. And the, the good news is, Joel, in all of this, is that when you do have a technical problem in this office... People are so helpful. I mean, they're just like, they want to help you. They don't stand behind you and laugh and go, what's this problem? While well, you're working, right? You're trying to work, and everyone's like, I don't know, whatever. That's, that's weird. weird. Yeah, that's weird. That's, that's the Hullum line. That's weird. You know? Guess show me the trick like there was a particular error going on, and immediately he diagnosed it. And he goes, oh, oh, you have to uh, unplug the computer oh, for 30 seconds and then plug it back in. It's like, how did – how? Did you come to that conclusion? <laughs> like, what? 
What was the process there? <laughs> a lifetime of frustration. Yeah. Well, Jeff and Gus and I did tech support for we don't even want to tell you how many years we did tech support. And even when Gus went off and got a quote unquote real job, it was basically it was doing tech support, tech support for, <laughs> but but in person, and uh, so it's brutal. Like the other day, I was in here trying to talk my dad through oh, man. doing we stuff were on a Mac. All laughing about that. By I, the way. you know, you just like dad. I'm just gonna fly to you know North Carolina where you live because I think it'd be shorter, and then I'm gonna throw your computer out your window. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> you know, it, but the great thing too about this office is that not only are people not helpful. When it comes to helping you with your technical problems, they will create them for you. Like, <laughs> there was talk of you using Jeff's computer next week, and Jeff immediately said, yeah. do not break my computer. So a single bead of sweat. Yeah. Well, he said, um, don't hull him the computer. Don't hull him my computer. I went away for a week for, I don't even remember where I was, but I came back, and my computer, the intensity didn't work, the computer didn't work, Gus had to reformat it twice. Yeah. And we had to physically reseat the intensity card three times. I mean, we, we've, you and I both know you're in big trouble. It's, I know. It's not, yeah. you know, there's going to be problems. It's and, just what kind of problems are there going to be? And what was Matt's response to that? Well, that's, that's weird. weird. <laughs> <laughs> I so before this podcast, I pointed something out to you. Yes, and I you said, did. remember this. And it was, my desk is here in the corner on the left side of the room, and on the right side of the room is another desk. And my microphone was over there. Yes. Right? Which is normally just sitting on my desk waiting, set up, ready to go. Uh-huh. So my microphone was over there, and my XLR cable was gone. Just nowhere to be found. Okay. And so I'm in here going, who who changed my setup here? Who moved my microphone, and who took my cord? And then I found the cord. Finally, it was behind the door. And, <laughs> and, I, and, I, and, and Matt came in, and Matt goes, oh, I was testing some stuff. And I go, you were testing stuff on my computer? What were you testing? He goes, you know, I was just, you know, I just had some stuff, and I, you know, it was like I moved some stuff around. I go... <laughs> What were you doing? What what did you move? And you know, where's the XLR cable? And he goes, I was just testing. I was just what I did was I was testing stuff, and I put some stuff here, and that you had to move this over there. No explanation. <laughs> Round, a lot of talking. No explanation. Just dismantled my stuff. That was it. And I know. I know what he was testing. You know what he was door. testing. What we were actually testing it together. We were seeing how long we could go until you crack. <laughs> it's gonna work. Your sanity. I've actually, I've actually thought like after a couple times of Matt fucking up my stuff, I was just gonna <laughs> remove all the cords from the back of his computer. And just like, <laughs> just like throw them in the he, closet, and you're like, "Huh, my computer doesn't work." And I just go, "That's weird, man. That's really weird." How uh, testing he, some stuff? I don't know. Hey, I don't want to get off on a tangent, but I have a question. Uh, we haven't been on topic the whole podcast. Uh, what is the topic so, of today? Uh, we uh, we talked about Fallout. We're gonna talk about Punch Out eventually. Yeah. No, not really. This is <laughs> yeah. Uh, there you go. What's, what's um, your okay, I thought that we came up with the term, and by we, I just mean the group. What one of us came up with the term, the meat sweats from going to this particular barbecue restaurant in Lockhart, Texas, and eating so much that you sweat greasy meat residue, right? Yeah. You and eat, and you get and sick. I read an article on CNN this morning about a guy whose life mission is to find the perfect barbecue in America, and he's been out to like 168 different restaurants. Kreitz's is his second favorite restaurant, but he said specifically that he gets the meat sweats when he eats there. Really? So I want. I, was, I, I think once you experience the meat sweats, it immediately, you know like the you name just, of you it. You figure just, out the name? He even said it in... He said it in, in the reference article. reference to Kreitz's. In reference to Kreitz's, yeah. It was weird. So I wonder if it was on the wall there or something and we just don't realize it. Or, I, I, mean, I don't no know. No idea. I no never idea. heard anybody else say the term. I figured it was us. But What's the first favorite place of Kreitz's? Well, he had. He didn't say, like, it wasn't, like, number one and two. It was, like, your two or three favorite places. One was in, I want to say, North Carolina, and then Kreitz's was his favorite in Texas. I don't know who actually listens to this podcast, but a lot of people came into town, like a lot of interactive people came down for South by Southwest, and they all went to the Salt Lake. If you ever come to Austin, you've got to go 20 minutes out of town to go to this place, Kreitz's, in Lockhart. It's 
freaking amazing. Well, everyone goes. The Salt Lake's also like twenty minutes out of town, but everyone goes there because they have like I don't know, they have good PR or something. Everyone it's, knows about the Salt well, Lake. It's the BYOB. Nice, the, the nice thing about Salt Lake is it's BYOB and it's like next to a little like river and it's really picturesque and there's trees. No and it, river. It's Fuck pretty. That. All that's important yeah, it's like is right the food. Right down the hill, there's like a little creek. I live and, five miles from the Salt Lake for. I'm telling Six you, it's there. there's no my, river. I'm telling you, it's there. I walk down to it. There's like a little creek behind it. But, but anyway, it might be Onion Creek running through that. Yeah, it's really pretty, and they have great blackberry cobbler, and they have BYOB, and they have BYOB. Just Butte is a dry county or was a dry district. Well, uh, the, the thing Salt Lake does have is the all-you-can-eat family style. Yeah. yeah. So if you want volume, sure, knock it out of the park. If you want it's quality, true. but if you, if you go to crisis, this is a very specific. Meat. Now we're talking about Austin barbecue. Yeah. Anyway, if you're, to, if you're just going to eat barbecue, go to Rudy's. Rudy's is great. Because Rudy's is great. Yeah. Go to Kreitz's, though. But go to Kreitz's. That's an experience. So if you ever come in town, next time you come in town to Austin for South by Southwest Interactive or something like that, definitely go to Kreitz's in Lockhart, Texas. Tell Mexican Elvis we said hi. Tell Mexican yeah. Elvis we said hi. <laughs> it's, called, uh, it's spelled K-R-E-U-Z. And don't let anybody down there trick you to go into Blacks instead. There's like a local library. Oh, no. oh, and after you're done eating barbecue at Kreitz's, you have to have the Bluebell ice cream sandwich to top it off. It... <laughs> You it have breaks to. The meat it, sweats, yeah, it breaks the meat sweats. It settles the tummy, and you've got to drink Big Red while you're there. <laughs> anybody want to go to lunch? Because yeah. I do now. Jesus Christ! Gosh. We just made the most area, like geographically specific podcast ever. <laughs> Lockhart, Texas. I think there's 800 people who live in that town, <laughs> and it's a town where they filmed Waiting for Guffman, so it's like being and on I a movie set. I think there's 800 people that have seen that movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's crazy that Lockhart's population is that small because Kreitz's can seat probably about 200 people. Do you know who the mayor of, of, of Lockhart is? No. Rich Hall. <laughs> <laughs> Joel's going to laugh even though he doesn't get the joke. Yeah, he doesn't. I know. He was the guy. No so No so All right. So what else do we need to talk about? Punch-Out. Uh, well, you want to talk about Punch-Out? No, talk about Punch-Out. So Bernie brought Punch-Out into the office yesterday. And, yes. And, and your uh, balance board so we could try it out. Do you know why I bought Punch-Out? Because of Tycho's... Uh, Twitter of it, I assume, or right up on Penny Arcade. Exactly right. He said about Punch-Out, Tycho from Penny Arcade said that, I think he was re-quoting somebody actually, but he basically said that Punch-Out does not play like the old Punch-Out, it plays like you remember the old Punch-Out plays, which I thought was, I mean, those are those. that's high praise, you know, from that guy. And so we went out and bought Punch-Out specifically because of that statement. And then what happens is we we put it in and we play it and... First of all, it, well, first we we tried playing. It took it took it took Bernie and I twenty minutes to figure out how to sync our balance board up with yeah. the Wii here in the office, and we had to replace all the batteries, <clears throat> and we had because the Wii just uh, it was really funny because I said, "Hey, let's buy Punch Out for the office," and somebody said, "Well, who's got a Wii?" And I said, "We have a Wii. We have a Wii at the office," and everyone's general consensus was, "We have a Wii here." It was behind the TV on the floor. Like it, had, <laughs> it had fallen off the console. I had like, like untangled the sensor bar and everything. That Wii we've had for probably a year and a half. How much playtime do you think we have? We've had it Wii? longer. We've had it since the office in Buda, I think. Yeah, nope. So- nope. I got it for here. We've, had, we've had a Wii around, but yeah. Oh, no, that's right. Yeah, it was here. Yeah, we had at least a year and a half, though. Like, I was playing it with, when Ben was here last summer. We were playing bowling at one point. That's right, yeah. But would you say that thing has five hours of gameplay? Not play? even. I a grand total of maybe two hours of gameplay. So Man. it takes longer to set it up than to actually. We got to change batteries, yeah. and there's a really dumb thing about the Wii, which I have to point out. Which, I mean, I'm obviously a fan of the 360, but you can't deny that the 360 has great design, and granted, has some pretty poor engineering, which you know has some problems with faulty. But the design of the thing is awesome. Like the way the controllers sync and all that stuff on a Wii. When you sync one of your wands to the console, 
that one stays that player. Like, when you turn on a, a controller for the 360, the first one that comes on is player one. Second one that comes on is player two. The Wii doesn't work that way. They're hard synced. So if you pick up your number two controller or your number three controller, it says, nope, you can't play this game with this because you need your number one controller. So you have to figure out which one is your number one controller. What happens if you lose that controller? You what happens if they're all dead with batteries? You have to switch batteries in every single one and do it. That's atrocious. That's just what we did yesterday. Yeah. We're, we're throwing batteries into all the different Wii controllers trying to figure out which one is player one. Very annoying. Anyway, so we put it in, we play it, we're punching away, and it was just... I, I think we made a mistake in trying to play it by flailing our arms and using the balance board. What do you mean by the, playing it like a Wii game? Right, by playing it like a Wii game. I think that was the real mistake. Once I sat down with just the Wiimote and just like played it like you know like old NES style, it was all right. Yeah, I, I, mean, I did that this morning. I, I, I came I, 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 in, I saw you guys playing it. Bernie was standing on the balance board, and I to my, I couldn't notice any discernible what the balance, how you're just standing on it. Does it does it affect gameplay? I think when you saw it, we hadn't didn't have it enabled for my profile at that point. You so. can you can lean side to side to dodge punches. Does it work? Yes, the balance board is awesome, and the wand controls are great. You know what I mean? It's like they really do. They're really cool. I think the wand stuff gets a little bit old after a while, but like the bowling stuff on the Wii, a lot of fun. Wii Fit with that balance board, that balance board works really well. I'm really impressed by it. But the fact that it's still just, I mean, it's a composite video game, you know, it's not high def, it's standard def, that really starts to show up at this point yeah, in the it life looked, cycle. It, it looked pretty terrible on, yeah. the, on, on that HDTV. Like, that would be, Punch Out, this big release for the Wii, would be a DLC game for Sony or for the Xbox 360. I mean, it was just... It looked, it looked like a rotate game. You said it best when you said yesterday that it looks just like a Flash game. It looks like a yeah, Flash game, yeah. Because yeah, I did cel-shaded stuff, and mm -hmm. when you see cel-shaded done well, like, you know, Team Fortress 2 has that kind of cel-shaded look to it. And then this was just like... Even the cinematics for the boxers were just still frames. Like, yeah. art still mm -hmm. frames. It doesn't look like... It, it doesn't feel like a full game at all. You know? And it, it was it was fun enough to play for about an hour and then walk away. There's yeah. no replay value at all. How, how, how far did I get? I beat Piston you got, Honda. You beat Piston Honda and then we quit. Then I got to some guy, Bear Hugger. And then I uh, yeah. I didn't know who that was, so I turned it off. <laughs> got to the redneck stereotype and then that was it. <laughs> <laughs> the experience to me was about the equivalent of someone here bringing in an old Nintendo system and us actually playing Punch-Out. Yes. It was about the same. Yes. I would have been like, oh, this is fun. Dodge, punch, dodge, punch. And then I played about three guys on it, and I said, you know, I'm not going to play this anymore. Yeah. That's I've already exa played that's this. exactly it. Yeah. Probably about the same way. So hopefully something will come out soon so, for the Wii. Yeah. What is the big thing on the Wii? What is the... I think Wii Fit is still the big game for the Wii right now, Wii right? Sports is... Wii yeah. Sports, yeah. Seems yeah. like not the video game market. Well, yeah. <laughs> Wii, the, Wii, the Wii is the one that feels to me, while it is the most popular, it does feel like the one that is just a really advanced toy. You know, yep. which is yeah. how most people feel about video games anyway. The, the general public feels that way. And the Wii kind of fits into that category. I don't think of a PlayStation 3 or a 360 as being a toy. You know, it's a it's a and entertainment it, it, console. I have mixed feelings about periphery stuff as well. Like more plasticky stuff with cords and batteries and more upkeep and stuff. Especially if kids, it's like, do I want all that stuff? Because it's just going to turn into something I'm, you know, I'm going to twist my ankle on. That, <laughs> yeah. that technology is all driven by the powerful battery lobbyists. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I mean, I had the same feeling when uh, Guitar Hero World Tour came out. I was like, "Do I really need a second set of fake video game drums?" <laughs> no, I already have. That, I already have you, one, and that's one too you, many. It takes up some square footage in yeah, the house. You know, are you going to buy the special Rock Band Beetle guitars? No, no, I've already got 
I've already got guitars. I've already got drums. I don't need to buy that shit anymore. I've got like seven guitars. You don't want to get the special no. Paul McCartney? No. Uh, no. Like, you don't have a Wii, do you, Jeff? I don't have a Wii. I don't have a PS3. I just have an Xbox. I'm right. solely a Microsoft gamer now. Really? I, well, I have a DS. I have a DS Lite I like a lot. But, yeah. You have WoW. You play WoW. I play the shit out of WoW. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And you, you, have, you have pretty much everything. Yeah, I do have everything. You have PS3. You have a Wii. Mm-hmm. You have Wii Fit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I remember I bought you Wii Fit because I was in the store and I called you. Right, right, yeah. And like, right after it launched, hey, they have some, do you want one? Because the, the Nintendo does that well. They definitely get you in that mode of, oh, I see it, I'm going to buy it because I might not have the chance to later. <laughs> but that's not the case anymore because now, even their DSi, that was never out of stock. Like, yeah. you, you could pretty much get that from launch. My wife wants one of those, but I cannot. Can't justify it? Yeah, I can't figure out why the fuck anyone would want, would want that. Mm-hmm. What'd you get her recently? For... A flip camera oh, that, flip that camera. she lost in less than a week. She lost that? She lost it. Oh, my God. In less than a week. I thought I was going to divorce her. Was that new Flip HD, right? There's the, yeah, it was the yeah. new Flip HD. Luckily, I found it. And now, she, now she I took, have to she, look for mine. She, took, cr- she took credit for me finding it. Or she's trying to take credit for me finding it. Oh, man. Like, I got it for her for a birthday gift. And, like, it was totally unexpected. And literally five days after I gave it to her, it was... She was crying, looking for it all around the house. It wasn't there. When you when you found the phone, was there like a bunch of pictures on the phone of like all the adventures the phone had had? <laughs> you, guys you know, I saw a, I saw a web page where a guy has hooked a digital camera up to his cat's neck, and you can actually buy these. What things. a great idea! And you can see like where the cat goes in the day, and like what it does. I always want to know what the hell my cat does. That's fascinating. Yeah, although it's kind of funny because you know how cats are so funny on the internet. Real cat's not that interesting. <laughs> no. A lot of bushes, a lot of sitting around in, like, storm drains, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, I like the cinematic version of cats better than the actual reality show. <laughs> they version. photograph better than the... Uh... <laughs> yeah. Well, they're off. They can't always be on. they got to have some downtime to come up with new material. <laughs> because they're thinking about their next bit. That's exactly right. You know, it's like, they're okay, working on new material for, right. for the next show. Um, yeah, but my flip... I. I've been happy with it. And if I lost a video camera or something like that, I can't tell you. I'm a data. I'm a weirdo when it comes to data stuff. I would just be absolutely convinced that something was on that video camera that shouldn't be on there. Mm-hmm. Like even like an NDA thing or, you know, mm-hmm. my horrible sexual Penises, habit. Yeah. <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. That's why I like the iPhone. Well, my iPhone has that cool feature that I was talking about where you can set your pin code into it and that unlocks your phone. And then there's a little setting in it where if you get your pin code wrong 10 times in a row, it wipes your phone. That's an fantastic. Awesome feature. I love it. Everything should have that. Yeah, agree. Laptop should have that. If you get your laptop wrong, you know, yeah, five times in a row, that feature scares the crap out of format. me. There's USB keys you can purchase, like USB thumb drives. Like I think they call them iron keys or something. And you can get all your data off of it. But in order to get your data off, you need to enter you know, a password. If you fail your password check three times, I don't know what happens, but the device physically destroys itself on the inside. So it's like it's beyond a level of four, like it, you know your data's gone and then destroyed, like physically destroyed on top of that. And, wow. and an example why that's a good thing, Joel. I just read or listened to NPR this morning, and there was a story about some lady in New Zealand who was bidding on like some bullshit on eBay. I think it was like a plate or something. And she went to bed, and her three-year-old daughter got up and got on the computer and somehow bought a twelve thousand dollars tractor. She woke up the next morning, she had won a bid for a twelve thousand dollars tractor. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's really awesome. Like I've got I've got like my Kindle app on my iPhone set up with uh with like one touch buying. If somebody stole my phone, they could go, <laughs> This guy's about to buy five thousand books. <laughs> You're about to be educated, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> you make an excellent point. Yeah. You make an excellent point. Well, usually the the companies are very forgiving of that kind of thing too. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Like remember all the idiots who accidentally bought the thousand dollar iPhone app? Yeah, right. 
I didn't know. It was a mistake. <laughs> Give me a break. Yeah, you all used to make fun of me. I was the only person in the office who would like lock my computer and be serious about that. It felt like you were doing that because of us, though. Yeah, which it was always dumb, you know. Well, that's true too. Like, I'm sure if you don't have a desktop, you're the only guy who has basically still a laptop. Yeah, I'm the only guy who had to buy who has to buy his own computer for what? the office. What does that mean? It means what it means. <laughs> I, I, I seem to think that you have somewhere about three miles from here a, f- a whole cabinet full of computers yeah. for your job. You've, yeah. got, you've got like fucking five servers in our server room right now. Yeah. Didn't, I'm giving you didn't all the squishy eye look. Didn't, didn't, that's didn't, not mine. Those are, that's ours. Your, didn't, all I just, didn't we just buy you some kind of like slide out drawer monitor yes. Mission and Impossible? It's, it's a good thing we got that too because they got rid of the monitor and uh, and keyboard at the Colo. Yeah, Gus has like Gus has like Gus that, has that thing is by the way the coolest <laughs> thing ever. That what? thing is the coolest thing. We need to like write a script or something just based around that little slidey <laughs> thing with the keyboard, and the monitor. Just, in in his cabinet, he didn't want to haul like a little <clears throat> monitor down there. Have a monitor in the cabinet. There's no space for a monitor in there. But really? there's one yeah. at the Colo. They had no. One there's on wheels. not. But there anyway, was one. So Gus ordered this thing that's like it fits in a server and it's like a drawer that pulls out and unfolds. And it, does it make a transformer noise? It does. <laughs> <laughs> or do you make that noise? And he's got his little keyboard and his thing there. And it's all, awesome. And all the other tech guys in the co-location facility walk by and they go, ooh. <laughs> Gus had a moment with a, a guy we used to work with where he came by and looked in a rack and saw all Gus's equipment. He's like, you guys have a lot of stuff in there. <laughs> and I could tell it was a very proud Gus nerd moment. It is. So <laughs> if only there was a word for that. <laughs> if, only, <laughs> if only Rich Hall hadn't retired. We could have a word for nerd pride. All right. Anything else we didn't talk about? Uh, kind of rambled this time. Yeah, we did. Uh, what is uh, it's, uh, Terminator coming out this weekend, right? Terminator's coming out this Anybody weekend. Anybody planning on seeing Some it? Some bad early buzz. I think I'm going to go watch Star Trek again this weekend. That sounds like a great idea. Guaranteed home run there. Hey, you think I can take a seven-year-old kid to go see Star Trek? Star yeah, Trek? yeah. Totally. I think so. I think so, too. Yeah. It, it seemed like I couldn't when it first came out, but now it seems like I can. I can't remember anything really bad. Well, he's, no. he's a lot more mature like now. The, the, uh, the pinchy insect they stick in pikes. Oh, that's pretty oh, bad. That's a good yeah. call. I'll cover his eyes for that. And that doesn't last very long. and never go back to it again. Yeah. Good call, though. Or just uh, when it happens, just say, he didn't eat his peas at dinner that's what happens okay. think about but, it. by the way there's a pinchy bug in star trek <laughs> always a pinchy bug in star trek <laughs> yeah that's given you should go see it if you haven't seen it by now you're a bad person all right should we also mention something else that's coming out this weekend uh what else is coming out this weekend well there's something coming out on monday hmm. <laughs> should we talk about that sure. no 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 let's no. leave it for next time right yeah, yeah next we, time. something's coming out on monday you might want to check a popular website that you like to watch maybe possibly we'll see <laughs> All right, anything else? Joel, have you prepared a closing theme song for us? Uh, I had one, but it had, like, you know, it's Gus singing in character. No, he, he had one, but uh, CS4 is requiring a serial now, and we can't export it. We're having oh, all these technical Jesus. problems. Pretty bad. Any, uh, yeah, that's weird. If anybody's going to be in <laughs> Miami next week, you can look for me drunk on the beach. All right, well, that's it. Joel, theme song. Jeff, you got a great opening theme song. Go with the closing theme song. Go! This is the end of our show. Now we gotta go. Roosterteeth.com. <laughs>